Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the NFL Show Week 3 Recap, Week 4 Preview. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? Nothing, man. Uh, You know, just looked at the board. We did pretty well this week, Um, so I'm excited to get into that, you know, and I look forward to Week 4 here. Yeah, uh, it seems to me, after I, I just counted up all my picks, we avoided a lot of traps. Uh, we did fall in. Re- we pretty much only fell into the Cowboys trap and the Rams trap. So we were due uh, to get hurt on a couple of these, but we skirted the Bills game. We knew we knew that one was you know right in line with the Bills just masterclass, and they were able to do it. Uh, stayed away from the Jags money line and the Jags spread. That was quite wise of us both. Uh, nailed the under and patched Jets. I mean that one was just so free. Um, and honestly that, that Browns game, I think was a pick for a lot of people and we were on the right side of that as well. So really good stuff. Uh, Jeremy on the week 12 and four, that's one of the best weeks we've had in a while. I don't know if any of us went 12, if either of you or me went 12 and four at all last year. Um, so really good picks from Jeremy there. And I went 11 and five. So good stuff. Uh, we had two games on last night, but we're going to start all the way back at the beginning where the 49ers took on the, excuse me, um, New York Giants on Thursday night football. Another just pump job from the Niners. They are one of three, three and O teams. Uh, Niners, I believe went there. This was a home game for them. They were able to handily defeat the Giants 30 to 12. Uh, this was just another game management performance from Brock Purdy. Fantastic stuff. He threw for over 300 yards, I think. He had two TDs. McCaffrey ran most of the offense, to be honest. Debo got involved because there was no Ayuk. And I think overall, that giant or that uh, Niners defensive front is just extremely tough to deal with. They bottled Daniel Jones up so well. They're without Saquon. Their, their receiving core is still just extremely lacking. I don't think anybody was surprised that the Niners, uh, you know, did this at home, especially the Giants heading east to west and playing in a weird time slot on Thursday night football. This didn't shock anybody. They cashed our 49ers minus six and a half first half. And this was a uh, pretty, pretty solid win here for the Niners. Yep. No additional points for me. Uh, like you said, it kind of went as we expected. Um, and they did get that late cover for us of that first half spread, but a cover nonetheless. Yep. Um, then we have up next the Browns Titans game. Uh, this one was strange. It was a strange, strange game. I don't think anybody really enjoyed watching this. It was 27 to three in favor of the Cleveland Browns. Deshaun Watson got off to a very shaky start, but was able to pile on some garbage time stats in the second half. He did throw for 289 with two touchdowns. Jerome Ford, the waiver wire pickup of the year with two touchdowns as well. Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones both had considerable games. Um, I got to ask you about that, that blown whistle on the uh, Amari Cooper reception. I think that was like right after halftime. Probably should have been a touchdown, but the play was just whistled dead for no reason. Did you did you happen to see that? Yeah, I did see that, and I was surprised because they seem to have kind of fixed that in the recent years. Like, yeah. let them finish the play, and then you go back and review it because there's no point in calling it dead because you can't reverse it the other way then. 
Um, so I was a little confused by that, and I'm not really sure how the ref missed it because they showed the replay, and the ref was no more than two feet from him, and he was clearly in bounds by a foot. So I don't really know how the ref missed that one or why they blew it dead. It was it was weird. They were saying it was like an accidental whistle. Maybe he just had it in his mouth, getting ready to blow it, and he actually blew some air out. Um, that's like it, it's a good thing that we just had the Browns money line. And it didn't matter anyway, but if I had lost on an accidentally blown whistle, I would be so sick to my stomach. Um, the Titans, man, it's, it's not good. Uh, I think maybe it's time to move past Ryan Tannehill. I know we've, we've kind of mentioned this before, but they drafted Will Levis, uh, after drafting Malik Willis last year from Liberty, but Malik got some time last year. Didn't really didn't show me enough to say he could be the quarterback of the future for the Titans. I think Levis, what we saw from him last year uh, in college, he genuinely could be a replacement for Tannehill. Do you think it's time they blow the whistle and, and maybe bring Tannehill back out to the uh, backup role, maybe teaching Will Levis a little bit? Because I, I think Tannehill is a, is a fantastic quarterback, did a job for a really long time in this league, but it just looks like the athleticism has gone a little bit. And I think maybe... Uh, it's time to just get somebody in there that can move around the pocket a little bit better and, and maybe even, you know, use his legs a little bit. Th things look pretty bleak in Tennessee on the offensive front. Yeah, I agree. He's kind of uh, past his prime for sure. And like you said, he did do a job for years, and he was very good at his job for years. But eventually that time comes, and uh, it seems that time has come. I mean, the teams now know that they have one play or one strategy on offense and it's hand Derrick Henry the ball. And that hasn't been working because the team has been looking for it. Um, so just, they need something a little more dynamic back there. I know Malik Willis didn't work out, but he never really was going to work out. So I'd give Will Loves a shot. I mean, at least he's got D hop to throw to. He's got Traylon Burks. He at least has okay weapons to walk into. Yeah. I mean, I just, I don't know if it's over for, for Derrick Henry or what, but teams know that the ball is either going to go to Hopkins or the ball is either going to be handed off to Derrick Henry. And I think when you're losing all of those weapons, if you think back a couple of years, like they had, they had more threats on offense. And now it's just, it basically comes down to Hopkins who is only going to give you a chunk play. It's not like he has, you know, the legs that he used to have. He's not going to be that deep zone threat. That's beating every single one-on-one -on -one coverage that you throw at him. It's, it's just not going to happen anymore. So, well, I think Vrabel is a good coach. I think the Titans are, are in for a down year. And unless they change to Levis and, and really start to kick the offense up another notch, I think it's going to be a lot of unders in, in pretty much all of their games this season. Uh, okay, let's move on to the team the Titans actually beat last week, the Los Angeles Chargers, who defeated the Minnesota Vikings 28-24. to Jeremy, tell us about this one. Yeah. I'm just pulling up some stats here, taking a look. Sure. <clears throat> I mean, this one was exciting to watch, regardless, from a statistical perspective. Keenan Allen was going off. Um, Mike Will was going off, who uh, has gone down with a torn ACL, for anyone that missed that. Um, Jay Jeff went for 150 as well. So him and Keenan combined for uh, 365 yards. Keenan Allen also threw a 50-yard touchdown. Um, to Mike Will, I believe it was. So that was exciting. Um, but overall, just kind of a good game, more so in the second half, it felt like. Um, the first half just wasn't all that exciting. When you think of these two teams, you kind of expect a million points. Um, but we did get 50 out of them, which is fun. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, Justin Herbert looks back. Uh, he threw for 400 yards. I mean, he hasn't looked bad all year, but they just haven't been able to win. He threw for 400 yards and three touchdowns. Kirk threw for almost 403 touchdowns. It kind of sucks that this was a game where one team had to uh, start out 0-3 here because that kind of puts a damper on your season moving forward. But, I mean, if it had to be one of the teams, I'm glad it was the Vikings and not the Chargers here because I think the Chargers are a little more exciting to watch. But it's going to be interesting with no Mike Will moving forward. Austin Eckler's still injured. Um, They're kind of doing that whole Chargers thing where by week six they only have half a lineup. I don't know what you thought about this game, but I, I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it was an enjoyable game to watch for sure. This is, this is the kind of stuff that I want to see from Justin Herbert. You know, I, I want to see them. I want to see him play well all game, get the ball to his receivers, get the clout that he deserves. Cause he is a good quarterback and win the game outright. I don't want to see them lose on the final possession. It, it's, it's sickening to watch a chargers offense that is this talented, just be defeated when it comes down to it because of poor coaching decisions or bad play calls. And finally, the Chargers are able to finish a game off, which they struggle with so much. 28-24, uh, to 24, not great. I think they were the better team than the Vikings the whole game. Uh, Herbert, final scoreline, 405 and three touchdowns. I mean, it's it's pretty good stuff. Um, we, we have to talk about Keenan Allen. I mean... He is rolling back the years. He has just been absolutely incredible through the first three weeks. He had uh, 215 on 18 catches uh, at almost 30 years old. This was so ridiculous to watch. And it, that's not to mention that he threw a 49-yard touchdown pass to Mike Williams. Yeah, no, he looks awesome. Uh, he's the fantasy wide receiver one at the moment. Yep. Um, he's, you know, high volume high production he's just he's doing everything right right now and i think that's uh that's what the chargers are going to need here now that mike will's down yeah mike will fear to have suffered a torn acl i don't know if that's been confirmed or not but uh you know they're used to to losing mike williams pretty much within the first four or five weeks of the season so not really any surprise he had a great game as well 121 with seven catches and a score uh pretty much everybody got involved on the offensive front besides their <laughs> Uh, draft pick that they took over Zay Flowers uh, and many other talented receivers, Quentin Johnston. Unfortunately, uh, Mike Williams going to be done, but fortunately for Chargers fans and people that want to see their draft picks get used, Quentin Johnston will now probably take over his role a little bit. Um, so yeah, fantastic game from the Chargers. Vikings, this is exactly what you'd expect. Jefferson had 150 yards again and Kirk threw for 367. It's just not surprising to anybody. Maybe Madison going for almost 100 is surprising, but he actually looks terrible. Uh, this is like pure garbage stats. It, it doesn't tell the story. I think he's terrible. I think he hits the hole uh, at an extremely slow rate, and it's looking like maybe we're going to see more Cam Akers. I know he was like a healthy scratch in this one because he just came in from the Rams, but uh, yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I'm not sold. I think uh, the Vikings are going to have a really down year. They're definitely going to be hungover. <clears throat> Okay, uh, let's move to the boring game of the week. Pats 15, Jets 10. Zach Wilson single-handedly losing the game for the Jets. Uh, he had 157, wasn't able to conjure up any sort of passing attack, really. Uh, Nick Bauden had a rushing touchdown. 
And then we had Garrett Wilson with just 50 yards. A very, very slow offensive performance from the Jets, but their defense held relatively strong. Mac Jones, decent game, but nothing super impressive. Uh, <clears throat> it looked like Pharaoh Brown was sort of the guy they were targeting on deep balls. He had two catches for 71 in the score. Uh, but overall, that offensive front is just not doing what they did uh, in the first two games of the, or I guess first one game of the season against the Eagles, everybody thought maybe the Pats would be more threatening than they are. Uh, the run game looks pretty poor. Zeke got a lot of carries in this one. He did total 80 yards, but I think overall that offense is just not going to be able to keep up with some of the more high powered AFC opponents. They're lucky they played the Jets in this one because if they had played anybody else, to be honest, with a somewhat decent defense. They probably would have gotten outscored. I'm thoroughly unmoved by the Pats at one and two and the Jets. I don't think anybody is surprised with no Rodgers, but I think it's going to be tough. They're going to have to really fight for their wins. And as long as they keep Zach Wilson in there at quarterback, I, I don't know, man. I think the Jets could be like at the bottom of that division. Yeah. I mean, with Zach Wilson at the helm, we might not see any more Jets wins. I could be convinced. I mean, he had 47 passing yards through three and a half quarters last or yesterday, two days ago. Um, 47 yards. That's mm -hmm. disgusting. Um, I feel bad for anyone who drafted Garrett Wilson thinking that Aaron Rodgers was going to be getting him the ball. Um, so that sucks. And yeah, like you said, the Pats also suck. Um, Ramondre not really getting involved this year a ton. Zeke, it, you know, million touches. Just overall bad football from both teams and just two teams that aren't going to be very competitive this year. Yeah, for sure. Okay, let's move on to <clears throat> the, uh, I don't know, one of the shock games of the week. Texans 37, Jags 17. What the fuck happened here, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. People... People might have to start having a discussion about Trevor Lawrence. Everyone loved him. I know. He's supposed to be the guy. Uh, he's the future. All this. Best prospect since Peyton Manning. Everyone got all high on him last year because he did perform well. He made a big step forward last year. But now he seems to be regressing. I mean, he obviously it's not all on him when you give up 37 points to a rookie quarterback. That There's something to be desired there as well. But, I mean... 17 points against a bad Texans team is just not going to get the job done. Uh, ETN did okay. He, you know, had 90 yards on the ground. Uh, the leading receiver for the Jags was Evan Ingram, um, which is not what you want to see after you had all the Calvin Ridley hype preseason. You had Christian Kirk last year, even, you know, Zay Jones. And it's just not, not what you want to see out of the Jags. But for the Texans, good win for them. Um, CJ Stroud has really come to play the last two weeks. It's been quite impressive. He threw for almost 400 yards week two, and then he threw for 302 touchdowns this week. So he looks good. Uh, Tank Dell, fan favorite. He's been, uh, he's been playing well and just overall solid football from the Texans the last two weeks. Um, and I think, you know, we'll probably say the same about the Cardinals here when we talk about them, but they're just two teams that have kind of showed up that no one expected to show up this year. So good by them. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm actually quite impressed by C.J. Stroud. Uh, you know, I'm not I'm not an Ohio State quarterback guy. I I am of the opinion that they all wind up stinking. Um, but Justin Fields, who was the most recent quarterback before Stroud, has never looked like this. I mean, Stroud's completion percentage is is quite good, um, and he he seemingly has enough arm strength to find guys deep. We saw Tank Dell go absolutely fucking ballistic in this game. He had 145 and a score. That's looking like it was a great pick as well. Um, 
the run game for the Texans is not going to be good this year. I thought maybe Damian Pierce would have <clears throat> another really good year after breaking out last year, but it's looking kind of bleak for them there. If they're just going to air it out and let CJ Stroud kind of cook, I think he could develop. If they're going to give him the time and they're going to let him try and stay in these games instead of going right into the tank and trying to improve other spots on their roster, then maybe Stroud will develop a little bit quicker and, and honestly develop into a better quarterback than we all expected. And then on, on you know the Jaguars side, like you said, Trevor Lawrence, it, it might be time for us to to issue an apology. I I was starting to to kind of really believe in him towards the end of last season. I have him in a fantasy league. I th- I thought he could be, you know, a really good player. And I know people were saying he was the best prospect since Peyton. I I never necessarily believed in that. I was pretty low on him right when he came in. Then I started to to move up and and sort of respect him. He's looked piss poor through the first three weeks. I know they got that one win. But sitting at one and two in a very weak division, losing a game to the Texans who are in a full rebuild, uh, this is is troubling stuff. And I think Doug uh, and Trevor Lawrence have have definitely some things that they need to work on. So limit the turnovers and and limit the uh, or how about we give the ball to Etienne a little bit in the red zone? Because every time they got to the red zone, they just fucking pissed it away. Uh, yeah time to time to fix things in Jacksonville. I'm I'm sure they will, but it's been a really really slow start to the season. Uh okay. The next game I believe we have to talk about is the What is this pick? We had over Oh no, never mind. I found that. <clears throat> it's Bills. Bills Commanders. Bills 37, Commanders 3. What I mean, this was this was crazy. Um Josh Allen came out slinging it. Uh, he he played really well in this game. I thought didn't didn't you know stack up the uh, the passing stats that I thought maybe he could against this Commander secondary, but he was able to find Stephon Diggs eight times for 100 yards. Gabe Davis had an early touchdown. Uh, Allen did get into the end zone, but we're seeing James Cook have really really good games with a lot of carries and no scores. They just don't use him as the red zone back. And it's kind of troubling because I think he's extremely good getting out the outside. And I just, I think they need to call some more plays for him because they're, they're kind of wasting him in terms of scoring capabilities. Um, And I I don't, as a fantasy option, he's, he's still all right just because he gets so many carries and so many yards, but God, I'd like to see the guy get in the end zone for all the work that he puts in Uh, for the, what's up? No, I was just going to say, I agree. He's looked really good this year from the 20 to the 20. Yeah. And then they're trying to just uh, take him out of there. So, I mean, I'd like to see him get more involved. I mean, Latavius Murray and uh, Damian Harris, I do like Damian. But Latavius Murray, he can't be vulturing goal line carries at this stage. That's tough. It's tough. Uh, Bill's defensive front was really the story. They they played really, really well. Uh, Sam Howell threw four picks, which is concerning uh as a, a sam howell enjoyer i don't know if i'd call myself a believer but i certainly enjoy the way that he plays uh he had a great run early on in the game but i think it was it was called back maybe maybe not maybe it wasn't called back <clears throat> he did have one rush for 18 yards that's probably what it was um then we saw brian robinson again get a majority of the carries he tallied 70 yards but the passing situation uh was was just not there in this one bill's defense just ball hawked 
Uh, Curtis Samuel had two catches for 54 yards. Terry did have six catches for 41, but overall, they're just, they didn't do a great job of getting their ball into the, the hands of their receiver core uh, safely. So, no surprise, 37-3. We were sharp on that Bills minus 6.5. Yep. Um, nothing more for me on that game. Yeah. Uh, like you said, kind of a route. Just kind of went away with it. Yeah. Not a lot of not a lot to look forward to there. But Sam Howell bounced back this week. I'm sure. Um, facing the Bills was not an easy test, but that's what happens when you you know got a new young guy out there. Yeah. All right, Jeremy. How about uh, this one? You you got boned here. You had Ravens minus six and a half. The Colts defeat the Ravens twenty two to nineteen. Uh, I, they were away. The Colts went to Baltimore to play this one. What what the hell happened here? Yeah, um, Lamar's been letting me down uh, mm. lately on the gambling front. But you know, I am a Gardner Minshew enjoyer. So if it was gonna, if I was gonna lose to somebody, why not Gardner Minshew? Um, but yeah, the Colts again, they're putting up good performances, man. I mean, so far, all three weeks they've looked competitive. They've made. You know, good plays, whether it's with AR in there or now Gardner Minshew. Um, Zach Moss is apparently the best running back ever now. He's just running through people. Um, he had 30 carries for 122 yards on Sunday. Michael Pittman still continues to get involved. I mean, nine receptions, leading receiver there. Um, Gardner Minshew, he limited the turnovers. Uh, you know, one touchdown, no picks. Lamar for the Ravens kind of got active on the ground finally in this one, which is good for fantasy owners. Uh, 100 yards and two touchdowns on the ground, but they still struggle to move the ball through the air. And that's kind of been their downfall forever. And it seems like it will continue to be their downfall as long as they continue to run the same offense. I mean, leading receivers, a flowers, 48 yards. I think Mark Andrews only had like 30 something. Um, just as a team, there's just not enough firepower through the air. I don't know if it's a Lamar issue. If it's a, if it's a play calling issue, if it's a combo yeah. of both, it's just it's not good enough to get the the job done when it's needed, and it leads to a losses like this where you only scored 19 points and you lose to the Colts, and b it leads to major problems down the stretch in the playoffs. So I don't know what your thoughts are. I thought it was a good game from the Colts, not the best performance from the Ravens, but you know I was happy to see my man Gardner Minshew get a win. I it's tough because I I thought Lamar would be more active in the past game, but he really hasn't been. I mean, his completion percentage wasn't all that bad. He was 22 for 31, but he's not throwing the ball to, to Zay flowers as much as I would have hoped. I mean, that first week he, it looked like he targeted him like 15 times. He had eight catches in this one. I think he had like 11 or 12 targets, which is fine. But, um, a lot of the offense just ran through Lamar on the on the ground. And I thought they would genuinely in terms of play calls, I, I thought they would be a little bit more conservative this year because of Lamar's injuries last year. Um he's gonna get hit really hard. It's gonna happen. And he does fumble the ball. So they have to be careful using Lamar. He scrambled for the two touchdowns in this one. Um so you know, you'll take it, but he can't just be a running back. If if they're going to draft a, a receiver like Zay Flowers, you got to start sending him on out routes. You can't just give him those little balls over the middle. If you're going to, you know, they should use him like Tyreek. We know Tyreek, you know, runs those little slants and, and can get loose. Zay is a very similar build. He's super quick and his hands are good as well. Um, 
I'm a little bit partial because, you know, I have him in fantasy and I really like him. I think he's a fantastic receiver. I just want to see them get him involved a little bit more uh, on the scoring front. And unfortunately, this game kind of came down to the fact that uh, Justin Tucker couldn't nail that field goal. Uh, If you're going to pick somebody to hit a field goal in the crunch, it's probably him over the last 15 years. Uh, and he, he just wasn't able to do it. So dead straight, but just a, a touch short, missed the green. Um, good win by the Colts. They're now two and one somehow or another, and they're going to get uh, Anthony Richardson, their marquee player back next week. So good on them. Ravens got to be better here. Could have been three and oh, uh, and squandered the opportunity. Okay. Um, I had the under in that one. So that just barely cashed for me. Uh, we had Falcons Lions up next. Falcons six, Lions twenty at Ford Field. Uh, Jared Goff got it going for the Lions pretty much in the second quarter. It was kind of a quiet game from them on the offensive front, but we have to remember that Amon Ross St. Brown is slightly injured. Uh, he still tallied 100 yards and nine catches. Sam Laporta. Having a breakout year. Uh, this is his rookie year. He had 84 and a touchdown. That one pass Goff threw to him was just absolutely pristine. He Goff continues to look really good. He did throw another pick, but uh, I th- I think honestly Goff is is going to be their quarterback of the future. It's it's good stuff. I like to see him uh, using his athleticism and just performing at the rate we know he can. Uh, Jameer Gibbs lead back here. Uh, We have, obviously, an injury to David Montgomery. So, Jameer Gibbs did get 17 carries. He only tallied 80 yards, though. Uh, I think that's a pretty poor return on that many carries. But I I still think, you know, he looks all right. Uh, Running up the middle, he... He needs to work on his vision a little bit. There's obviously not going to be holes like there was in college. Uh, the, The defensive fronts are just a little bit tighter, a little bit sharper uh, in the professional game. And he wasn't, he just wasn't able to find the the spots that he needed to find. So uh, we'll move to the Falcons who, who had a honestly very poor offensive performance, just the two field goals in this one. Uh, Kyle Pitts got a ton of targets, but was only able to, you know, bring in 41 yards. Bijan had 10 carries. Does this concern you at all? Because that to me is quite concerning. Um, I mean, yeah, if you are a Falcon supporter, I would be concerned. I know you're an enjoyer of their their game. Um, Arthur Smith is just bad at his job. Um, it's kind of the easiest way to put it. I mean, their whole identity is running the ball. Um, and I knew they were going to have a harder time running the ball this week. But, I mean, when Desmond Ritter airs the ball out 40 times and only throws for 200 yards... Uh, there's some bigger issues at hand. But, yeah, I mean, they got to get Bijan more involved. A couple more touches there wouldn't hurt. Um, he did have four receptions, but he could have, you know, for their sake, used six or seven because he is very explosive with the ball in his hands. Um, they continue to disrespect our guy Tyler Algier as well, um, which I don't I don't like at all. But, yeah, I mean, like you said, Jared Goff looked good, um, and the Falcons look bad, and they need to start getting their better players the ball. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's move on to one of my sharpest picks of the week. Packers money line. Um, Packers went to actually this one was home. Um, the Saints went to Lambeau Field to take on the Green Bay Packers, where <clears throat> they took an early seventeen to nothing lead. 
it was 17 to nothing heading into the fourth quarter. And then Jordan Love rallied the troops, was able to score 18 points in the fourth quarter. This is an Aaron Rodgers performance, if I've ever seen one. He found Romeo Dubes in the end zone, tallied 73 yards on five catches. Uh, lovely flex option for me this week. Really love to see that. Connected with Jaden Reed a couple of times. Unfortunate that he wasn't able to pull in a couple more passes because he could have easily gone over 100 yards. And Jordan Love also rushed in by himself uh, in the fourth quarter. What a performance from Green Bay, honestly, to go down in front of a home crowd and then storm all the way back. Derek Carr got banged up. He's got a sprained AC joint. Those can be tricky. It seems like maybe... Uh, he's he's going to have a tough time getting back from that. He was able to connect with Chris Olave multiple times. He tallied 100 yards. Um, but then we saw Jameis come in at the end. Jameis set up a game-winning drive, but they just weren't able to finish it off. Really good win for the Packers here, but the Saints honestly bumble, bungled this one. They, they absolutely should have and could have won. And Jameis put them in the spot, so... He's gonna be the uh, he's gonna be the QB one there. It seems like they're gonna use him. There's nothing uh, nothing saying that Taysom is gonna be the backup. So good to see famous Jameis back uh, playing for the Saints and especially going up against his old team, the Buccaneers, on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a I'm not a Jameis guy. I know a lot. Oh, of I America. love Jameis. I know a lot of America's a Jameis guy. Um, but this weekend pretty much shows you what you get with Jameis. Like he, um, he can make some good plays, but like he's, he can't, he doesn't hold on to a lead. Well, he's not a good nope. game manager. He's not a good, let's get this game over with. Cause I mean, he played pretty much that whole second half, if not the whole second half yeah. um, after Carr went out with that AC sprain and then they proceeded to give up. 18 points in one quarter, um, which, you know, if you get a couple first downs, if you move the chains, if you just run the ball, make the play, stay in bounds, like that doesn't happen. Um, but, yeah, I think he'll be exciting to watch. He will start airing it out to Olave and Michael Thomas, which will be good for fantasy purposes. But um, for their actual win-loss, not sure how great he's going to be. He's a terrible game manager. He's one of the He's one of the worst game managers we've seen in the last 10 years. But he is electric to watch in terms of throwing the ball. This guy just ball security, protecting the football, which is what the modern NFL is about, is a foreign concept to him. He just doesn't give a fuck about that shit, which is why it makes it fun to watch him. But like you said, I, I understand why you're not a Jameis guy. He's he's not a good quarterback. He's just a great athlete, and he's really just funny to watch. He's going to provide you entertaining games to watch. And in the NFL this year, we've not had a lot of entertaining games. That's that's like something I'm craving. So I'm looking forward to uh, Jameis taking his revenge uh, against the uh, Buccaneers uh, next week. Okay. Uh, tell us about the... Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give this one to you. Dolphins <laughs> versus the Broncos. Oh, man, this was a good one. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, it was. Anyone that was lucky enough to just be sitting down, tuning in to this one, I mean, it was fun to watch. This was this was the, an assault, um, to put it nicely. I mean, the score reflects that 50 points, and at, it was even worse. I mean, we watched the Dolphins send in third and fourth stringers and just continue to just beat up on the Broncos here. I mean... 
we'll start with the Broncos because there's not a lot to say. Um, Russell, 300 yards, which doesn't look terrible on the stat sheet, but, I mean, when you're on the field all the time, that's going to happen. Um, Corlin Sutton, he continues to get involved. He, uh, Him and Jerry Judy continue to kind of be that one-two punch, although they're not doing a lot of punching at 0-3, but that's kind of center, center point of their offense. But let's get over to the fun stuff. Dolphins here. Um, Tua. Only 300 yards, but he did have four touchdowns, and we'll get into why he only had 300 yards here in a sec. Um, Devin A-Chain, first time we've actually seen him play. Um, he's, you know, run the ball once or twice here or there to start, but this is the first time we've seen him actually get out there on the football field and do something. 18 carries, 200 yards, two touchdowns. He looked very good, and that's just on the ground. He had another two touchdowns through the air as well um, with his 30 receiving yards. So four total touchdowns there for the rookie. Um, but don't worry, Raheem Mostert couldn't let him have all the fun. He had 80 yards and three touchdowns on the ground while also going for 60 and one through the air. Tyreek Hill assault 160 and a touchdown. Um, Robbie Chosen Anderson, Panthers legend. <laughs> The end zone late in the game, one reception, 68 yards for a touchdown. I mean, this was just fun football to watch. This was this was a McDaniel master class. This was a Sean Payton disaster class, um, but a lot of fun to watch, man. Yeah, I mean, this was... It was just so crazy, man. Dolphins, one of three teams who are now 3-0. I cannot believe they got both of those guys into the end zone four times it is so crazy to me and a lot of them were on benches in fantasy football this week nobody expected Devin a chain to have 200 yards rushing and an additional two touchdowns through the air this is unprecedented stuff I haven't seen a team score 70 points I don't think I've ever seen it in in my lifetime uh maybe one time before but not that I remember this Dolphins team is so, so cranked up on offense. I don't know how anybody is going to stop them. We saw them struggle a little bit against the Pats defense, but in these AFC matchups in warm weather, the Dolphins are, they're not going to quit. And unless it's raining, I, I just think the play calling from McDaniel is, is too good. It's impossible to fucking hold them to less than 25 points. And this one, obviously, they, they had 70 points. It's, it's not something that's going to happen every week, but they are just so high-powered, and, and man, they're fucking fun to watch. Um, Broncos, is Russ dead? I mean, he, he had 306 and a touchdown, but, like, they're dead, right? Yeah, I think as a unit, they're dead. Um, as a team, they're dead. But I don't... I don't think Russell Wilson's necessarily the problem anymore. No, um, he looks okay. Genuinely, I think he looks much better than last year. Yeah, there's a couple times this, uh, like last week, he looked pretty good. Well, not like week two, I guess at this point. Um, he looked good. Um, this last week, he didn't look terrible. But I mean, when you give up seventy points, there's not much you can do. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that whole team is finished. Sean Payton seems to have made a mistake coming back here. Um, I don't know what they're gonna do the rest of the season here. Yeah, me neither. Uh, okay, Panthers. 27, Seattle, 37. The Panthers are 0-3, despite actually looking pretty frisky. Um, Andy Dalton stepping in at quarterback here, where he linked up with Adam Thielen. 
uh, for 145 yards and a touchdown. Thielen had a 11 receptions, and it's looking like he's the wide receiver one in Carolina. I picked him up, in, or I actually drafted him in fantasy. He's one of my favorite receivers ever. Um, I think he he's criminally underrated all time. He is very, very good. He has great hands. He runs fantastic routes. And at his age, he, he's not young anymore. Uh, he's still putting up monster games. So great. I think, honestly, Andy Dalton looked really good. Uh, he had 360 and two scores. Uh, they got Miles Sanders going on the ground. He had a lot of yards through the air as well. Um, really, I, I was quite impressed by the Panthers, but they went up against the Seattle Seahawks offense. That is just really, really good on the ground. Uh, Kenneth Walker had 97 and two scores. DK was able to haul in 112 yards worth of catches. Kenneth added another 60 through the air. And honestly, overall, the Seahawks were just better, uh, on defense. I, I mean, this was this was high scoring. I thought this was a, a smash spot for the Seahawks to cover five and a half. They were able to do it, but for a long time, the Panthers hung in. Uh, it was 13th and to, I believe, 12 at the half. The Panthers were leading. Uh, they just fell apart a little bit in the third quarter, allowed the Seahawks to put 10 up there, and then Seahawks cooked them in the fourth quarter. So a late cover, but uh, I'm I'm kind of impressed, honestly, with the Panthers' defense. And I think if if they're able to actually get the ball to Thielen still, um, and and get Sanders going on the ground, they could be sneaky, man. I I wouldn't I wouldn't hammer uh, the teams playing the Panthers every week. I I think in a couple of spots this year, the Panthers could definitely stay in games. And I, I'm going to ask you this question as a Panthers fan: If Dalton looks good this week. Do they rush Bryce Young back or do they let him chill? Because I, I don't think, I just think he's too small to succeed in a quarterback. Genuinely, I think he's very, very little. Um. Well, he actually, they said he might play this week, which okay. I think would be a little for my liking. Yeah. Um. But I think whenever he's ready to come back, you bring him back. You don't need to rush him because we're not going to the playoffs. We're not winning a Super Bowl. We're not doing anything exciting. Yeah. Uh, but you know, when he's, we do need him to play so that he can hopefully develop. Mm-hmm. Um, but Andy Dalton did look decent, like you said. Uh, 58 attempts is not something I expected from no, no, attempts. I mean, insanity. Um, but yeah, it was fun to watch. Um, I did bet the Seahawks, but like you said, I wouldn't auto fade the, the Panthers the rest no. of the these last two games. Their defense has looked good. Yes, they gave up 37 points this week, but. They also were on the field a lot of the time. Yep. So I mean, they they made some plays. They look good. They got it. They made Gino turn the ball over, and he's you know notoriously very good at keeping the ball on you know in his team's hands and on the field. So overall, good performance from them. They just you know came up a little short, and that's kind of going to be the uh, the mantra of the season. I think we're going to play some tight games, so we're not going to win a lot of them. Yeah. Okay. Tell us about Bears ten, Chiefs forty one. Oh yeah. Um. Pretty much the headline of this is. Taylor Swift went to the game. Yeah. Apparently is living under a rock. You couldn't have missed that one. And then the more important headline is that Justin Fields is fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, he oh, stinks. Goodness, dude. 99 passing yards. That's horrible. Only 47 yards on the ground. Also not good. Um, one turnover, one touchdown. Also not good. Um, so, yeah, the Bears, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. They either got to ship out Jay Fields. They got to try a new offense. They got to do something there. I mean, this is just disgusting to watch. But from the Chiefs' side, they seem to be coming back a little. Um, last week, not their best game against the Jags, but they still won nonetheless. This week, Patty Mahomes was in full effect, throwing for 270 and three touchdowns. Um, 
Isaiah Pacheco, Mr. Vineland, he got in the end zone as well. And they even let uh, CEH play this week, which seems uncommon. But he looked good, so good for him. Uh, Travis Kelsey got his touchdown. Patrick Mahomes did say he felt pressured to get Travis a touchdown with Taylor Swift there. So that was always going to happen. And, yeah, just overall good game. Jarek McKinnon got involved, too. It was really the running back and Travis Kelsey game, which is kind of what led them to the Super Bowl last year. So, I mean, I think that's kind of the strategy they're going to have to employ. It's just like the little shovels and and stuff like that to guys like Jarek McKinnon that make the Chiefs uh, so threatening. You you never know when Patrick Mahomes is just gonna take a take a snap and then shovel pass it forward to a guy that's already you know maybe a yard ahead of him and he's just gonna run it in through any gap that he can find. the The Chiefs are just so hard. Uh, to play defense against, and this Bears defense is absolutely horrific. They're missing a lot of guys. I think Eberflus is genuinely just a really bad coach, um, and the Bears have a lot of work to do. They they need a new coach. They need a new quarterback. Uh, they don't really have a star running back either. They've got Roshan Johnson and Khalil Herbert. Um, they have some threats on offense. I mean, DJ Moore, Cole Komet, and Chase Claypool are, are decent as wide receiver 1-2 and then a tight end, but uh, this is just, it's not good. Uh, Fields isn't getting the ball to commit as much as he was last season. It doesn't look like he feels safe out there, uh, which is a problem in terms of confidence. And then on top of it, I just, I don't think he's very good. So finally, Justin Fields has come back, you know, down to earth. He pretty much led your fantasy team last year to a playoff berth. Uh, but he, but he's dead. I'm declaring Justin Fields dead. Uh, and it brings me joy because to be honest with you, I was, I was never sold on him. So yeah, final score, 10, 41 chiefs with an absolute, just pounding of the bears up next. This one was surprising Cowboys 16 Cardinals, 28 Dak Prescott and his boys were unable to get it done at the university of Phoenix stadium where the Cardinals took an early lead. Uh, by halftime, this team was up 21-10 to 10 on that high-powered Cowboys offense that we always hear about. Josh Dobbs was absolutely cooking alongside James Conner. James Conner tallied 98 and a touchdown. Josh Dobbs had 55 rushing yards of his own and was able to manage the game well enough down to the end where it wasn't really that much of a uh, margin in terms of defeat. 12-point victory for the Cardinals. Uh, they looked good, honestly, over the top. Michael Wilson got involved. We had Marquise Brown with 61 yards and a score. Um, they found Rondell Moore there once at the end uh, on a handoff. That was uh, that one went for, I think, almost 30 yards and a score as well. So the Cardinals, like, low-key looked decent, uh, especially on defense. They got a ton of pressure on Dak, and Dak just could not find his receivers in this one. Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb both had... Uh, you know, somewhat decent games, but the ball's not getting thrown enough to CD, in my opinion, and a deep or an offense that we thought could be really, really threatening this year just hasn't looked great outside of week one. So I'm a little bit concerned about the Cowboys, and I think the Cardinals are another team, just like the Panthers, where they're not an auto fade every week. Um, they Josh Dobbs seems like he fucking wants it, man, and and Jonathan Gannon said uh, he wanted fucking killers quote-unquote and it seems like he's got a couple low-key yeah i'm really impressed with josh dobbs i mean so am i i had zero expectation for him coming into the year but yeah i mean good for the cardinals man 
Um, everyone thought, you know, it was tank for Caleb Williams season, but they still, you know, those guys still got contracts to play for. They're still trying to, you know, feed their families and get, get on a team next year. So, I mean, they're, they're fun to watch. They've played two really, really good games now. And, uh, I think they'll continue to uh, play spoiler for these teams that, that underestimate them moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. <clears throat> Let's move to the next one. Uh, Sunday night football where the Steelers took on the Raiders. Tell me about my boy. And tell me about what happened in this game. Yeah. The two believers left. Yeah, that's right. Devontae Adams, baby. Prime, vintage line here. Uh Aaron Rodgers-esque line here from Devontae. Um, 13 receptions, 172 yards, two touchdowns. Not just two touchdowns, though. He had the first touchdown as well for any first touchdown betters. I know there's quite a few of us out there. And if you were feeling real crazy, you could work with him first and last in cash, but I don't think anyone was Yeah, that's crazy. But, yeah, Devontae, man, uh, prime form. Look, showed really good chemistry here with Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, Did Jimmy Garoppolo throw three interceptions? Yes. But um, did Devontae look awesome out there? Yes. Um, Josh Jacobs still not running the ball well. 17 carries for only 62 yards. Um, That is better than weeks prior, but still just not what's going to get the job done here for them. They need need bigger performances out of him. Um, Moving over to the Steelers side, Kenny Pickett, not bad. Kind of a game management stat line, 230 and two touchdowns. Uh, Najee Harris, that guy still stinks. He's going to lose his job to Jalen Warren. Yeah. Um, and then George Pickens emerging now that Deontay Johnson is injured. Uh, he had another 75 yards. He had another big play of like 30 plus this week. Um, so, yeah, I mean, overall, good bounce back for the Steelers here um, from their week one struggles. They've looked a lot better the last two weeks. And for the Raiders, they're just, they're not going to be a team that gets it done, it feels like. But hopefully, for fantasy purposes, <laughs> they can keep this production up. Yeah. And I mean, we should say like the Raiders had a chance to win this game. Um, they could easily be two and one and the Steelers could be one and two. They, they had a chance. It was fourth and I don't know, maybe fourth and five uh, at the end, the Raiders had worked it into the Steelers red zone. And instead they opted to kick the field goal, take the points and then try and get a stop and get the ball back. But they just, they, they, they didn't do it. It was a, a complete mismanagement uh, I don't know what, um, what the fuck is his name? Is he Mc? He's not McDaniel's, is he? Um, yes, he's Josh McDaniel's. He's Josh McDaniel's, right? Then there's Mike too. Um, he Mike or Josh McDaniel's just totally fucked it, and the Raiders fall to one and two in a game that they could have easily won. There was a leverage penalty called on the. Uh, I've never fucking heard of that in my life. I've been watching football for a long time. I've never. Maybe one other time, but I, it's very rare to see a leverage penalty called on a field goal attempt. Um, and they still managed to fuck it up and were not able to get it into the end zone. So unlucky there for the Raiders who, who came back uh, and, and made this a game, but good on the Steelers. Uh, Mike Tomlin and his boys now 2-1. and one. This was not a, a layup game, so impressive stuff. Okay, then we move to 
uh, the Eagles versus the Buccaneers, the first game of the Monday night doubleheader. Eagles defeat the Buccaneers 25-11. to Jalen Hurts, of course, getting into the end zone on the tush push. Doesn't surprise anybody. DeAndre Swift, a little bit surprising here. He loves the lights, man. This is the second week in a row he's gone for more than 100 yards. He had 16 carries for 130. Um, A.J. Brown was the featured wide receiver in this one. They linked up nine times, him and uh, Jalen Hurts, for 130 yards. Olamide Zacchaeus with the first touchdown in the game. Uh, Hurts somehow was able to escape pressure uh, and turn a just complete garbage play that had broken down into a touchdown for the Eagles. Before that, it was all field goals, and the game seemed kind of tight. Uh, but in the second quarter, they blew it wide open. They were able to get another nine points in the third quarter, uh, and the Eagles kind of coasted this one out 25-11 to 11, despite a resurging. Uh, Mike Evans in the second half, who did tally 60 yards and a score. Overall, Bucks offense looked much worse in this one than they had the first two weeks. And Baker returned to form a little bit, throwing an interception uh, when the Buccaneers were trying to get themselves back into the game. So, Hurts with two picks. Uh, I don't know. I'm a little bit worried about him, honestly, as my fantasy quarterback and as the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. But he looks decent enough, and I think the Eagles still have some growing to do uh, with their new offensive coordinators and or offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator. Eagles will be back to full strength, I would imagine, by probably week six. Um, they have a pretty early bye as well, so they, they don't have a super easy schedule this year. This was an easy game, and I'm, I'm glad they won. Yeah, um, like you said, starting with Hurts, I'm not I'm not super pumped on his performance so far this year. Um I have him in one fantasy league. I was big on him in fantasy last year and but just from a quarterback in general purpose of leading the Eagles to another potential Super Bowl appearance, I'm just not super thrilled with the way their offense is performing at the moment. DeAndre Swift though, that guy is electric. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, he is cooking. Um he was fun to watch. AJ Brown, it was nice to see him get involved, even though he dropped two touchdowns after crying last week. Um, so that wasn't all that cool. But yeah, I mean, you can't you can't complain too much with the Eagles. They're three and L, but um, I mean Jalen Hurts, I'd like to see more out of them moving forward, I think. Yeah. Uh okay. And then you can tell us about the final game of the week. Rams sixteen, Bengals nineteen. Yeah, so this was a spot I liked. Um I really I was I liked the Rams here. Um, I took him on the money line. I took him on the spread. I, I mean, I was, I was involved with him. I had Matt Stafford's over, which he cashed on the last throw to Puka. So that was cool. Yep. Um, but yeah, just not, not the performance I expected out of the Rams. Their offense mm-hmm. has been good. They've been clinical inside of the red zone. Um, and that all just disappeared yesterday. Uh, they faltered three times in the red zone. They were 0 for 10 on third downs. Um, they just didn't play well. They got a touchdown called back on yeah. a suspicious timeout by Zach Taylor while the play was ongoing. Um, and then they also had a 2-2 Atwell touchdown called back where there was some debate on if his foot was inbounds or not. Um, so that those two things were awfully suspicious for my liking. But they still didn't play well enough to win the game. Joe Burrow also, you could tell, was hurt out there. Yeah. Um, they needed more pressure on him, but they just didn't. They just let him dink and dunk to Jamar Chase, and Jamar Chase would just put people on skates and you know get 20 yards at a time. Um, yeah, I mean, Rams backdoor cover though. That was cool. Um, just overall, not what I expected out of them. And I do expect better performances from them moving forward, 
but I wasn't, I just wasn't thrilled with what I saw. Yeah. And I think, you know, right now it, it's time to consider letting Burrow sit for two weeks. I, this is a game they had to win. Like they, they definitely needed to beat the Rams. The Rams have looked good this year. It's not an easy one. You're probably not going to beat the Rams. If you have Jake Browning in there, um, he, he didn't look great. We should say, I mean, Burrow, this is not the Burrow that we know. Um, he looked much better in the second half when he started to link up with Jamar chase that third quarter. I think chase had like a hundred yards by himself. Um, so, so that was nice, but they got to let him sit against the Titans. I think the Bengals can beat the Browns or beat the Titans uh, with Jake Browning there. And I think they can probably beat the Cardinals as well, even though the Cardinals look kind of frisky. Um, If you can be three and three heading into an October 15th game against the Seahawks and then the Niners the week after and the Bills the week after that, like you need Burrow for those three games. So let him sit now, give him some time to heal. People are really concerned about the calf. I, Honestly, I think I'm concerned about the calf as well. I don't like Joe Burrow, but you don't want to see a top three quarterback be hurt. You, you just don't want to see it. You want to see exciting games. You want to see, you know, high-powered offenses. And the Bengals certainly have that. So uh, I, if I'm if I'm the Bengals, if I'm Zach Taylor, I'm telling him, you know, go fucking sit at home for two weeks. You got plenty of time. Relax. Uh, we'll take care of the team while you're gone. I, I don't know how you feel about that, but I think, 100% they got to sit him the next two games because he cannot move in the pocket. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't I don't think it's good for the future of their franchise to keep trotting him out there um and having, you know, 300-pound men try to uh tackle him. So, I don't know. Yeah, the, you got to sit him. I mean, is it going to put you in jeopardy this year? Yes, but is it going to be better for the future of your franchise? Definitely, yes. So, I think they should have did what Jamar Chase said in the preseason and let him sit the first couple of weeks, but too late for that now. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, let us get to our picks for the next week. Um, we have the first game of the week. Uh, I actually need to pull up lines. One second. Wasn't prepared. Uh, and we'll start with you this week, Jeremy. We have the Lions taking on the Packers. Who do we have there? Yeah, I'm really excited for this game. Um, normally, these Lions-Packers, Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night games have just been terrible. Um, yeah. and they just do it for nostalgia's sake. But this is actually going to be a fun one, man. Jared Goff, uh, the new age Jordan Love-led Packers. Um, I'm excited here. What I think I'm going to do is I think I'm going to go with the Lions here um, on the money line. I'm normally a Lions fader, and I do love Jordan Love. Um, but I don't know. I, I just feel like the Lions get one here. It just, it just has that feeling to me. Yeah, I, I kind of am in the same boat. Uh, I'm not going to count them out. I, I'm going to. I'm going to go with the over. I'm going to remain neutral on this one. I think this game could have 50 points. I could totally see a, a 25 to a 22 game that would cast the over at 47. So I'm going to go with the uh, over 45 and a half total. I think this could be the first good Thursday night football game of the year. Um, okay, up next, my pick. The Atlanta Falcons take on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Falcons going to Duval, where they are a three-point dog. Uh, over under set at 43 and a half. 
Uh, you can give me the over in this one, too. I'm hammering the overs this week. Uh, I think this is another game where the Jags are going to be hungry for touchdowns. They can score 30 points by themselves. All we need is the Falcons to kind of stay in the game, uh, and we should be able to catch the over there. I'll, I'll take that. Just a reminder, this is the uh, the Toy Story London game. Oh, so. no, not the Lunder. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Um, nah, we're still so. riding with the over. Okay. Um. Yeah, right. I am. I'm going to take the Jags minus three here. Um. We saw this week when the Lions played them what you can do to the Falcons if you make them throw the ball. Uh. So I think the Jags are probably going to try and employ a similar plan here. And although I am low on the Jags at the moment, I just think three is not quite where the spread should be against the Falcons. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Jeremy, who do you have in Buffalo versus Miami? The Bills are currently. Two and a half point favorites at home. Uh, they're minus 144 on the money line. Over under set at 53 and a half. And the Dolphins are plus 122 on the money line. I think this is a smash spot for me. Yeah. Um, weather's weather's going to be good, by the way. Really good. 75 and sunny. Okay. Um, Josh Allen interception seems like the freest bet. Yeah. Um, but what I am going to do, I'm going to take the over. Um, this is a game that I would like to remain neutral on. Um, and I think, I think it's going to be exciting to watch. So I'm probably going to be ripping off some crazy same game parlays with some player props or something, but I want to, I want to just enjoy this one. So I'm going with the over. Okay. Um, you can give me the dolphins in this one. I'll take the plus money. Uh, I think if there's a time this year that the dolphins are going to beat the bills, it's probably here. I believe they do play them twice. They are a divisional matchup. So I will take the dolphins. Uh, I think, I think they win this game. I think it's going to be closer later on in the year, but that offense is just so dangerous. It's going to be really tough to scheme a defense that can cover every single offensive threat they have. I think the dolphins can win this game. And I think you're right. It, it absolutely goes over. There's going to be a lot of airing it out in this one. Uh, up next, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Houston Texans. Steelers going to uh, Houston. They're currently a three-point favorite. They're minus 162 on the money line, and the over-under set at 41. Um, haven't been picking the Steelers. They lost week one, and they have two wins in a row here. Texans are frisky, but I think I'll go with the Steelers. I think there's going to be money on the Texans, and I think the Steelers win this one outright. I'm staying away from the spread. I'll just take the money line. Yeah. Um, this is a spot I kind of like this week, which is weird, these two teams in here. Yeah. But, yeah. I'm going with the Steelers minus three here. I think that uh, that defensive front, TJ Watt, is going to give CJ Stroud the most trouble that he's had all year. So I'm going to go with the Steelers here. Um, I don't think it's a high-scoring game by any means, but I do think that they can cover a field goal. Yeah, okay. Um, you're going to go with minus three? Yes, sir. Okay, and then we have the next game of the week, Rams versus Indy. Rams going to Lucas Oil where they're a – one and a half point dog. They're plus one hundred two on the money line. Over under set at forty five and a half. I think. Is this your pick? Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Um, man, I love the Rams. Yeah, so I was just saying how the Colts are looking better though than I thought they would. I'm going back to the well here. I'm getting. Uh, give me the Rams money line. Yep. Um, Rams two and two. Colts two and two feels a lot more reasonable than Colts three and one Rams three and one or one and three after this week. So give me them. Give me the Rams money line here. 
Yeah, you can give me the Rams too. I'm gonna stick with you. Uh, I think the Rams win this game. I I love the value at plus one hundred two. If you're gonna give me the Rams, who are a better team with a better coach, uh, at plus money, I think you just have to take them, even if they're away from home. And it doesn't really matter because the Rams never play in front of a home crowd anyway. Uh, if you looked last night, it was like eighty percent Bengals fans. So I don't think that's a big factor. I think uh, Rams are a better team. They win the game outright. Up next, we have the Minnesota Vikings taking on the Carolina Panthers. This is an Adam Thielen revenge game. Uh, Vikings are currently a three-and-a-half-point favorite. They need a win badly. They're minus 172 on the money line. The over-under set at 45-and-a-half. This is the clearest over I have seen this week. I will, again, go with the over 45-and-a-half in this one. Okay, okay. I will be at this game. Oh, Um, really? for that yes heading on down to charlotte this nice. weekend um i get to see hopefully bryce young it kind of sucks to be higher, but i'm hoping to see him play um i'm gonna get to see jay jeff that's what i'm really excited for yes um yeah i'm gonna go this is a narrative builder i'm taking a cam Akers. oh cam Akers touchdown we hate madison he stinks he's slow um I give it to Cam. Fine. I'm going to put some question marks next to that pick. That's that's it's a narrative builder. You're right. It's a narrative builder. I'll, I'll give you that. Uh, okay. Tampa Bay versus New Orleans up next. Saints are currently a three point. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. That's surprising. The Saints are a three point favorite. The game is at home. They're minus 158 on the money line over under set at 39 and a half. Um, boy. This is you. I don't. I, I wouldn't want to touch this game. Ah, yeah, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I think. I think just for the sake of not knowing what's going to go on with the Saints. Oh, I know what I'm doing. My guy's back. Give me, oh. give me Alvin. Give me Alvin. Oh Let's yeah, go. he is back. He's no, out. My guy's back. He's out of prison. Yeah, he's so back. Give me Alvin touchdown. Oh man, yeah. All right, that's fair. Um, <laughs> excuse me, Jesus. Um, you can give me a Rashad White touchdown. Uh, he struggled to get in to the end zone so far this season, but I think, um, despite their poor running performance last game, they're going to try and run the ball down the Saints' throat. I'll take a Rashad White anytime touchdown in this one. That's probably going to burn me, but uh, that's where I'm at. Okay, up next, Washington versus Philadelphia. The Eagles are currently a eight-and-a-half point favorite at the link at 101 p.m. Eastern. They're minus 420 on the money line. The over-under set at 45-and-a-half. The Commanders are, of course, 2-1, and one, coming off a just gargantuan defeat uh, against the Bills last week. Eagles offense doesn't look great. Commander's offense didn't look great last week. Uh, the under is kind of speaking to me, so I think I'm going to go with the under 45 and a half. Uh, I don't think the Eagles are fully there yet in terms of offensive play, and I think the Commanders are going to struggle against this Eagles uh, defense. So I'll, I'm going to go with the under. I love it here. Okay. To me, I don't know why, when I'm just thinking about it, this feels like a, a beatdown waiting to happen. Oh, no. Damn now four picks last week. Four, right? It was? Yes. Three or four. Uh yeah. Four picks. 
Now he has to come into the link and listen to those fans just yell and yell and yell at him. And the Eagles have some talent on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm, man, I'm tempted to take the bird spread here. Eight and a half is so weird. Yeah, it's a weird line. I, I want to stay away from it. I think that has trap written all over it. Oh, okay. I'm going to go actually here with the first half. First half spread, minus five and a half. Eagles oh, notoriously right. good in the first half. Um, and I think they can get to Sam Howe early. So I'm going to take that five and a half and see if we can't go two for two on those first half spreads this year. Very nice. I like that. Um, okay, up next, your pick. Broncos versus Bears. Denver going to Chicago where they are a three and a half point favorite. They're minus 166 on the money line over under set at 46. Both of these teams are 0 and 3. Both of these teams stink, but I think this is a smash spot. Let's see if we're aligned here. Yeah, I'm taking the Broncos. I'm just yep. going to take a money line. Um, the Bears are auto fade until they show me that they know how to run an offense. So I'm going to take the Broncos. It just feels like the Bears are going to score single digit points every week. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I'm with the Broncos as well. Up next, we have the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. Uh, the Ravens are currently a two and a half point dog. They're plus 120 on the money line, and the over under is set at 41 and a half. Another spot I really like. You can give me the Ravens in this one. I think they win this game outright. Uh, the Browns have been tricky. Um, I, I just can't go with them right now with the way Deshaun has looked. I know he looked okay in the second half against the Titans, but um, the Ravens are a better team than the Titans. So I'll, I'll go with Ravens. I think they, they win this game outright. Okay, okay, yeah. This one's conflicting for me. There's a lot of pick like this week, dude. A lot of pick Yeah. I mean, this one is a pick essentially. Three yep. points. Um the home team here uh oh man I'll, i'm gonna go with under 41 and a half i okay. think um lamar's running the ball left and right the browns might try to get drone Ford a little more run happy this week they did air the ball out a lot this week so i'm gonna go with the under here i'm not super sure these afc north matchups are always just weird yeah okay um what do you think is going to happen in Bengals Titans. The Bengals are currently a two and a half point favorite going to Tennessee. Bengals minus 136 on the money line, over under set at 42 and a half. Oh, yeah. What I'm going to do, I am going to take um, whatever Jamar Chase's line is, I'm going to take the over. And that is because the Titans secondary has been terrible this year. Um, I was reading this thing. Who did they play this week? Why did I forget already? The Browns. They got torched. They got torched by Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. Um, and every starting wide receiver they faced, um, like wide receiver one, has gone for like eighty plus yards. Okay. Uh, so I can't imagine Jamar Chase is much higher than eighty yards. So I'm gonna take uh, his total over. Okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, we don't have the line for that yet, but I would imagine, like you said, it'll probably be seventy nine and a half, right around there. Uh, if I had to guess, that's that'll be right where it is. I'm gonna go with the Bengals. I think they win this game outright, even if uh, Jake Browning is under center i i just think this is a good spot for them and i think honestly uh if burrow sits they'll go out and win the game for him so i'll go with the bengals uh up next we have the la raiders taking on the la char or las vegas raiders sorry taking on the la chargers 
Um, Raiders are currently a six-point dog going to SoFi. They're plus 205 on the money line, and the over-under set at 47.5. I think uh, the Chargers win this game by a touchdown. I will take Chargers minus six. Nice. I like that pick. Um, I'm also leaning the Chargers here. But do we know if Eckler's coming back? Do we have a time? Uh, we do not. The high ankle sprains can be kind of tricky. Um, it's yeah. looking like Saquon will be back this week, but I'm not sure uh, about Austin Eckler. I think it's still kind of a game time decision. Okay. I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to go with the over here. Okay. Two, uh, two pass happy teams last week. Um, and I think that kind of rolls over here into this matchup. So yeah, give me the over, over 47 and a half, 27, 21. That seems like no problem. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Uh, and then we have the Patriots taking on the Cowboys in the second four o'clock game. Pat's currently a seven point dog going to the Jerry Dome. They're plus 245 on the money line over under set at 42 and a half. What do you have here? This game kind of stinks. I'm going to need the Cowboys here. I think. Yeah. Me too. Um, I think I I'm still going to stand by. I think the Patriots are bottom five team in the league. Um, and until they show me otherwise, I will continue to bet against them. So give me the Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys are on my shit list right now. I probably won't bet the game, but if you put a gun to my head, I'd probably take Cowboys minus seven. So we'll mark that down. <clears throat> okay, up next. Oh boy, this is a scary spread. The Arizona Cardinals take on the San Francisco 49ers in San Francisco. Uh, Cardinals currently a 14-point dog, plus 6-10 on the money line. Over-under set at 43.5. Uh, you can give me the over. I think... I think the Cardinals cover and I think they can put up 14 points. And I think the Niners should probably put up 30 points. So that would, that would put me right at the over. So I'll take over 43 and a half in this one. I'm not going to get involved in that crazy spread though. Yeah. I hate to do this to Mr. Josh Dobbs after we were just praising him, but I think this is, um, if there's a, if there's a spot for the Cardinals to get, yeah it's here yeah um so i think i'm gonna take it at 13 and a half it's currently 14 um which is just weird give me 13 and a half um and i already checked first half spread which is seven and a half i was hoping that would be six and a half and i would have been on that instead but i'm gonna go with the niners minus 13 and a half (laughs) okay yeah you could probably work that down too on game day you could probably work that spread down but right now that that alternate first half is not going to be out so um something to keep in mind for the listeners Okay, up next, Kansas City versus New York. Uh, The Chiefs are currently a a 9.5-point favorite going to MetLife. They're minus 420 on the money line. The over-under set at 42.5. This is your pick, right? Uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one's easy for me. Really? You're a... You're a Chiefs spread hater. I know, but they, they did it last week, and I think, like, the offensive... The offense for the Jets and the Bears is so similar. I I know the Jets have a good defense, but like the Chiefs should win this game pretty easily. That's a fair assessment. Yeah, I'm going with the Chiefs minus nine and a half. They do have very similar offenses, um, especially at the moment with the Jets quarterback play. So yeah, I'm gonna go with the Chiefs minus nine and a half. Uh, you know, maybe Taylor Swift brings us some more luck here. Yeah, I'll go with Chiefs and minus nine and a half too. I just think that that offense is is so crazy. They can guard the wide receivers and, and Kelsey as hard as they want. Um, there's a height advantage. So if they put sauce on 
on Travis Kelsey, which they might do, honestly. It doesn't matter. He's just not big enough to cover him. So I'll take Chiefs minus nine and a half. I think they win this game by 20 points. Um, and then the final game of the week, my pick first, the Seattle Seahawks take on the New York Giants Monday at 816. The Seahawks are currently a one and a half point favorite uh, going to MetLife. It's two. It's back-to-back nights uh, again at MetLife. We saw this in week one. I will take the Seattle Seahawks to win this game outright. They are a dog. They're plus 110. Uh, I just like them in this spot. I think the Giants have not shown me hardly anything. If they have Saquon back, sure, they might be threatening, but I'm not so sure about it yet. Uh, you can give me the Seahawks in the meantime. Yeah, I agree. Did like we miss something here? Where yeah, I don't know. Guys... This it's it's a pick them. I guess the home point, the uh, the three point, like Seattle would actually be a one, minus one and a half if they were home, but. Yeah, I don't know. Like, the Giants have played some of the worst football ever um, for, like, 10 of the 12 quarters that they've played this season. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to – I'm all in Seahawks money line. Uh, I think that will be a good way to round out our week. A underdog somehow who is most likely going to win this game. I just don't see how they got to this line. Yeah, I agree. So, I'll go with the Seahawks there as well. And that – excuse me. uh, Your lock of the week, where are you at on that? Oh, yeah. Oh, man, this feels terrible to say as my lock of the week if I had to pick one. But I'm going to go Broncos money line. Okay. Um, as the lock of the week. That's fair. I mean, I, I think it's a it's a good spot. I, I kind of agree with you. Um, I, of course, I'm going to put in a parlay. I will take uh, the Seahawks money line, which is plus money. I went with the Seahawks last week. They cashed the lock of the week for us. Uh, and I am going to go with another another uh, leg. I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys minus seven. So you have a parlay of Cowboys minus seven and Seahawks money line for me. Um, okay, that is all from us. Um, nothing else to discuss. Thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at post20pod. You can find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Thanks for listening, guys. Enjoy the games this weekend, and we will see you same time next week. Bye-bye.